welcome to this presentation of Bethel Family Church. We hope you enjoy listening and that it helps you to grow closer to Jesus. What a great God. He is amazing. Father, let's just pray. Father, you are worthy of all our praise. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords and we want to declare your greatness this morning. We want to declare your greatness here in this place. We want to declare your greatness in the, the, the spiritual realm. We want to declare your greatness wherever we go. Father, you are worthy of our praise. Lord, we pray that, that our lives would be a song declaring your greatness. <laughs> that our lives would be a declaration to all that we come in contact with that we are yours and you are our God. You are good and you are great. You are mighty in battle. The victory is yours and that you, your, your, your love is unending. Father, we just want to sing uh, of your greatness. And Lord, we just pray that as we come, that we would just continue to hear that voice of your spirit speaking to us and calling to us to come and to, to dwell and live in that place of intimacy with you, our great God. Lord, what a privilege it is. It's one thing, Lord, to declare of how amazing and great you are and how you hung the stars in the heavens and you created all things and, and by all things are held together in your name. But it's another thing to know that you call us to come and live in intimacy with you, to come away and, and to speak with you and talk with you and to spend time with you and to know you personally and intimately and Lord I pray that we would know you as both Lord we would know you as that amazing creator of the universe but we would also know you as as father and friend as master and Lord Father we just pray that you would speak to us as we uh, we search your word for your truth this morning as we listen to that voice of your spirit for what you're saying to us today as you call our hearts to come and draw closer, ever closer to you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, team, for leading us in that wonderful worship. It's great to spend time in God's presence and just to enjoy being with Him, isn't it? It, it feels a little strange, I have to say, if those of you who are regulars here know it's been a little while since I've been here and preached a sermon and hopefully I still remember how to do it. <laughs> so you know if if we go short or if we go long you'll just have to put that down to me being out of practice all right so if we're still here at half past one then uh, no <laughs> yeah I might be the only one you might might have all left by then yeah <laughs> that's right I'll just be a second <laughs> so I want to talk this morning uh the the I sort of, it's sort of like this little series, I'm not going to be preaching like every week for the next few weeks at least, but uh, over the next few messages that God's put on my heart, um, my, my series is called Money Matters. And money is not something that I generally preach about very frequently and you can, um, you can kind of relax a little bit, I'm not going to tell you what to go out and buy for lunch or what stocks to buy, I'm sorry, maybe that's what you're looking for, I'm not sure, but... Um, 
and so I guess for me it was a little bit strange to be coming back after not preaching for a while and to come back with this topic but um, this is what God put on my heart to share uh, quite some time ago and so I'm going to share it and um, trust that he'll do what he wants um, through it but money is something that we all have to deal with in our lives isn't it? Jesus talked about it and he addressed it and we, we need it to function in our society. It's very difficult to function in society. There might be the odd person or two that sort of, you know, has set themselves up to live completely off-grid and grow their own vegetables and the food and, you know, live completely without money. But most of us here today, if we're living um, in Wyala, we, we kind of have to have some sort of involvement with it. We spend a great deal of our lives trying to earn it, um, worrying about whether we have enough uh, and thinking about what we ought to do with it. And often that dilemma is um, what we feel like we should do with it versus what we would really like to be able to do with it. <laughs> and we all have different backgrounds and we all have different attitudes and beliefs and values and things around money too, don't we? And a lot of that comes from how we grew up, whether we grew up um, struggling uh, and didn't have much money in our family or whether we grew up and money was never really an issue. Those things kind of shape and influence us in different ways. Um, some of us uh, are very much the kind of easy come, easy go. It's, you know, don't think too much about spending or giving money away or, or things like that. And others, we, we've kind of struggled and it's really hard to, to let go of and we, we kind of want to keep it as there's a little bit of that um, wrestle with that kind of thing and it's harder to live with that kind of generosity of spirit that we often talk about as being a hallmark of what it is to live as a Christian. <clears throat> For us as Christians we're aware too of our responsibility to God to use what we have um, uh, and that includes everything that we have not just money but it certainly includes money to use it in a way that honours God, use it in a way that isn't uh, selfish, but in a way that perhaps um, would be how God might want us to use those resources. We acknowledge that those things come from God and that we are stewards of them. And so it's, it's kind of a topic that we can't afford to just ignore. We need to be informed. We need to know what does the Bible say? What does God say? Um, about money and so the next couple of messages the next few messages that I share are going to be on this topic and I think at times too like I was thinking about this um, and I was thinking about this morning um, and, and like David prayed in uh, Psalm 139 it's good for us at two to pray um, I think I have it here no I don't okay yes I do uh, <laughs> search me O God and know my heart Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. And it's good for us too to, to have times and moments where we intentionally stop and we intentionally talk to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, search my heart. See, is, is there anything in my heart? Is there anything in my life? Is there anything in my, my thought patterns, my, my way of thinking that doesn't line up with what you want for me and how you say I ought to live. And so this, this morning is a little bit of that, that challenge for me. That's a little bit of what we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to talk about 
uh, where your treasure is, uh, and we know that well, some of you would know, remember the next bit of that scripture, there your heart will be also. So we're going to read a passage of scripture. If you've got your Bibles this morning, I don't have, this is sort of a little bit of a longer passage, so I didn't put all of these, yeah, you can use my Bible, that's right. Didn't put all of these on the screen this morning, so if you look at either have to listen carefully um, or find a Bible or on your phone or something to follow along to. We're going to read a passage from Luke chapter 12, and it's Jesus talking and teaching um, about money and about possessions and, and things like that. So I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. Um, so hopefully you can follow along if you have a different version. Um, Um, but we go from verse 13 it says then someone called from the crowd teacher please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me now just as a a quick aside here and I haven't got very far into this and I won't keep doing this too much I promise Um, but this was one of the things that people normally went to rabbis for right teachers and rabbis they would come to them and they would ask them to judge about matters of God's law they were the experts, right? They, they were the ones that had sort of spent all the years studying about what God's law says and how to interpret it. So people would come to them and ask them to make matters like this. So this is not an uncommon thing for someone to come and say, uh, a teacher or a rabbi, would you make a, a judgment between me and this other person, okay? But Jesus replies, verse 14, he says, Friend, who made me a judge over you to decide such things as that? Then he said, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, hmm, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know, I'll tear down all my barns and I'll build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, Ah, my friends, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now, take it easy. Eat, drink and be merry. Sounds all right, doesn't it? But God said to him, You fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth but not have a rich relationship with God. Then turning to the disciples, Jesus said, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear. For life is more than food and your body is more than clothing. Look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for God feeds them. And you are far more valuable to him than any birds. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? I don't know about your Bible. My Bible has a little footnote there as like a, an alternate bit that says, or can add a cubit to his height. So worrying doesn't make you live longer and it can't make you any taller. So I'm sorry for all you short people. I, I read that and I thought that was hilarious. I'm like, I, I'd never noticed that before. <laughs> you just, you're just going to have to keep using that step to reach the top shelf. <laughs> oh, your husband, yeah. <laughs> Find a tall person. Uh, 
And if worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying over big things? Look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? And don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world. But your Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and He will give you everything you need. So don't be afraid, little flock, all you sheepies, for it gives your Father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to those in need. This will store up treasure for you in heaven and the purses of heaven never get old or develop holes. Or wallets, if you're a bloke, not necessarily purses. Your treasure will be safe. No thief can steal it and no moth can destroy it. Wherever your treasure is, there the, the desires of your heart will be also. Now, these next couple of verses, we often, or I often, have not necessarily connected with Jesus talking about money and possessions. But as I read through this passage of Scripture and I read these next couple of verses, it seemed to me to be very appropriate and, uh, and fitting. So I want to read these next couple of verses, but keep in mind that this is, just, this is not a separate topic. This is an extension of what Jesus has just been talking about, okay? Verse 35, it says, Be dressed for service. And keep your lamps burning, as though you were waiting for your master to return from the wedding feast. Then you will be ready to open the door and let him in the moment he arrives and knocks. The servants who are ready and waiting for his return will be rewarded. All right, we'll leave it there. There's a whole lot that we could unpack in, in that passage passage of scripture there's there's a lot of stuff in there but I want to just kind of start just at where we finished I want to start at the end there because I just want to I guess in some ways I think it sets the tone and kind of creates a foundation for a lot of the other stuff that we read it gives us a I I think a, a big clue an indication about the kind of mindset or mentality that we ought to have about our relationship with money but also our relationship with God you notice that he uses the picture of master and servant. And it's a picture that's often repeated throughout the New Testament, isn't it? That God is the master and, and we are the, the servants. Now, the word that is used for servant here is one that you might be familiar with. It's the word doulos, which means slave. That's not the kind of... We, I, I think often we don't necessarily translate that word slave in our Bibles because it has negative connotations it has these uh, associations of, of oppression and people who are forced into slavery against their will mistreated abused but when the bible talks about slavery or being slaves to god at least it's talking about uh, a very different kind of relationship it's talking about the kind of relationship where um, one, one of the alternate definitions of the word doulos that i came across in preparing was 
one devoted to another to the disregard of one's own interests. You are so devoted to the master that it's almost like you, the, the, the slave's interests are, are almost non-existent. But this is a, a kind of relationship that we've chosen to enter into voluntarily, isn't it? Yes, hopefully. <laughs> if you accepted Christ, that, I don't know whether you particularly thought of it in terms of this kind of master-slave relationship. And it doesn't, it, doesn't, um, uh, it doesn't take away anything from the way that God loves us doesn't take away anything from the way that he treats us as his sons and that doesn't take away anything from the inheritance that we have and that we've been adopted into his family, any of that kind of stuff. All it does is it paints a picture of where the authority in this relationship lies. It paints a picture of who calls the shots. And if you have surrendered your life to Christ... I think in that language, sometimes we gloss over that language, but in a sense, it's kind of painting that very picture as well, isn't it? We've given up our rights to call the shots over our own life and surrendered them to one with far greater wisdom than what we have. But in that passage we just read, it talks about um, uh, being dressed for service, being ready to serve, being prepared, knowing... Uh, what the master wants and being ready and willing to to act according to the master's order. The slave knows that the master will provide for his needs. He focuses on serving the master and the master's priorities and lets the master worry about the rest. Does that kind of sound familiar? Does that sound a little bit like seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you? He will give you everything you need. That sort of sounds a little bit like that kind of relationship, doesn't it? And so when I read this passage, it really kind of talked about um, uh, priorities and about how when we're talking about uh, what we have, our, our money, our possessions, our resources, it really kind of stood out to me the importance uh, of setting kingdom priorities. So there was a couple of things. When we talk about kingdom values and kingdom priorities, they often don't necessarily line up with what we've grown up understanding or what uh, we, we've learned from the world around us. They're often quite different, aren't they? And so there was a couple, of, a couple of particular kingdom priorities that I read in this passage of Scripture that I want to share to you. There might be others that, that you can see and identify, but I want to particularly focus on two this morning. The first is the eternal being greater than the temporary. Jesus doesn't tell us that um, material things should be put aside or that they have no importance whatsoever. We still got to eat and we still got to wear clothes, please. Um, <laughs> Uh, but but he just what he's trying to make the point is that there are things that are of far greater significance than just kind of these temporal sort of issues. Jesus mentions the kingdom a number of times. He talks about says seek first the kingdom. He says the Father loves to give you uh, the kingdom. He talks about storing up treasure in heaven where 
Uh, it can't be lost, it can't be stolen, you know, hackers can't get in and steal your identity or your bank details like, um, you know, heaven's way more secure than Optus, obviously. <laughs> All of our wealth here on earth, whatever we manage to uh, accumulate or store or save or put away or build up, it, it all passes away. And he urges us to, to fix our hearts and minds on things that last, on things that matter, things that matter to God and things that matter to the kingdom, things that matter to us, things that are actually a far greater value, whether we realize it or not, than a few dollars in our bank account. Paul talks about this as well. Paul says in Philippians 3, he says, uh, he's talking about all of his achievements and all the things that he used to take pride in. He says, I once thought that these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with Him. For Paul, I don't think it was necessarily so much about money, but I think that there were certainly things early in his life like status, like pride, like knowledge. You have to think, like, Paul was a smart guy. He had studied a lot of scripture. You, you look at the way that he writes through the New Testament, the way that he understands scripture, and you have to think there would have been times throughout his life where we, he would have come to rely on his knowledge. He would have been confident in a lot of situations that he would have been the smartest guy in the room. It's easy to, to, to get to put your, your, your confidence in things like that, in, in human effort and passion. This was a guy who was passionate he was zealous. When he thought something was wrong, he didn't just let you go on and be wrong, he fought you. <laughs> he wanted to have you arrested if you were saying something about God that he thought was wrong. And he did, he had people arrested, he had people put to death because he thought that they were blaspheming against God. This was a guy who was passionate. And I think these kinds of things were the things that for him were his security and his confidence. But I think that the principle applies equally well to money because in our world today, often, I mean, you know, we're not immune to those other things. We're not immune to pride. We're not immune to seeking status or putting confidence in those things. But I think money is a big thing for a lot of us. That if we have it, we feel more confident. If we don't have it, we feel insecure. Paul says, my confidence is in Christ. He says, your confidence should be in Christ, not in anything else. I think there comes a, a, a point in every person's life where every possession you have, every dollar in your, your bank account becomes meaningless. Worthless even, as Paul says. If it can't prolong your life, what good is it? If it can't make you happy, what good is it? Just like the rich man in that, that story that we read who had wonderful crops and 
you know, tore down his little barns and built bigger barns. What good are overflowing barns when you stand before God on Judgment Day? <laughs> I was challenged by this idea, challenged by, you know, because I asked myself this question. My, my question was, do I ever get as excited as Paul does about the spiritual things that Christ has given us and done for us? When you, when you read... Uh, passages, let, let me show you a couple of passages here that he talks about in, in Ephesians chapter 1. It says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. It goes on in verse 5. Ah, my computer. Ah, there we go. Verse 5, he says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. Verse 7, he says, He's so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his Son and forgave our sins. Verse 11, he talks about, Because we're united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. You hear the, the kind of passionate language. He's talking about this, this wonder of being adopted into God's family and God in His, His kindness and grace has kind of lavished all of this stuff upon us. And sometimes I think, I'm not sure if I get as excited about, you know, spiritual blessings as what I do sometimes about material blessings. I love blessings, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, blessings are awesome, blessings are great. But sometimes I think I... I take for granted some of the things that Christ has won for me at the cross. Some of the things that are already mine because of what Jesus has done. What good are possessions and money if we're still unhappy or miserable? Like Jesus said, uh, life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Sometimes... I wonder how different my life would be if I spent as much time and energy thinking about how to improve my relationship with God and my relationship with other people uh, as I spent thinking about um, how I was going to pay my bills and what to spend my money on. So the eternal things that Jesus is kind of even just just hinting at here in this passage there's so much more that he could have said and so many more things that he could have talked about but he just kind of he hints at this doesn't he he sort of says there's eternal things guys there's things that matter far more things that matter th things about y your salvation and your your eternal yeah you, you, who you're gonna be for eternity matters far more than uh, a moment of doing without something that you thought you needed Eternity is far greater. The eternal is important. The second principle that I think that comes out in this passage to me that Jesus talks about and encourages us to, to, to dwell on is that it's about loving people. Jesus doesn't just tell us to get rid of all of our stuff as if the stuff is somehow wrong or evil or poisonous or whatever in and of itself. But it's about using what we have the way that God would want us to. It's about using what we have with purpose, with intentionality. It's about loving people. It's about seeing people 
and their eternity as being of more value to God than my comfort or possessions or whatever my desires it's about seeing ourselves as being caretakers of God's resources remember when we we read that passage he didn't say go and give away everything you have and stop there he said go sell your possessions and give them to the poor give them to those in need it was it was for a purpose sometimes I think for me I struggle with that and uh, a, a lot of times because I often forget and my brain forgets that I'm simply a caretaker of God's resources what I have is not actually mine but it's God's and I thought I was thinking about this idea and um, it's one of the things that I remind myself of regularly but I was thinking about this and I rem- remembered back to when my kids were little and uh, the, the offering bags would be going around and we'd give the kids some money to put in the offering bag and for the kids there was absolutely no hesitation there was no pain to put money in the offering bag when it came around because <laughs> it wasn't really theirs to begin with was it <laughs> yeah no worries let's throw it in there <laughs> that was easy uh, sometimes when I feel like it's mine it gets a little bit harder to let go Psalm 24 verse 1 says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it the world and all its people belong to him if he is our God if he is our master then everything that we have really belongs to him it's not really ours to begin with a big part of that passage that we read this morning from Luke 12 is about how much God cares about people how much God cares about you you are worth far more than any birds which is probably a good thing because birds are evil everybody knows (laughs) sorry that's just my personal bias coming out there that's not actually scriptural like I think that's what Jesus believed but it's just you know it's not actually any verses to back that up Um, but you are worth far more than any birds you are so precious to him and he is able to care for you and I think that if we're talking about the alignment of our heart um, I think it's in in first John that says you know if anyone says he loves God but hates his brother then he's a liar and God's not in him when we understand how precious people are to our Father, to our God, to our Master, then if we're, our priorities are aligned with His priorities, then people are also precious to us. We cannot say that we are aligned with God's heart if we don't care about people around us, if we can just easily switch off to suffering if that doesn't grieve us that doesn't mean we we solve every problem or that we can help every person or you know who's struggling but it it ought to make us a little sad it ought to to grieve our heart the way that i believe it grieves our father's heart so it's about loving people it's about understanding and recognizing 
that we are stewards of God's resources, not ours. And as we align ourselves with Him, as we seek to understand what would God have me do with these resources that He has entrusted me to manage. So the challenge today is to ask ourselves the question, to stop, like we talked about at the start, to, to, to pray, God, examine my heart. Where does money sit in your heart today? Where does it feature in your desires, in your plans, in your passions and in your pursuits? Money is, is necessary. We all know that, I think. And this, uh, today, this, this message and this challenge is really not about, uh, it's not about whether it's better to be rich or poor. It's not about whether we have or don't have. It's not really even about what we give or, or don't give. It's not really even about money that much. It's really, it's, it's about our heart. It's about whether we've let anything else take that place in our heart that belongs to God. It's about what are we, what are we pursuing. Do we get more excited uh, by a good tax return or a bonus in our bank account than we do about spending time with Jesus? Or about seeing someone coming to know Jesus as their saviour? Do we feel more joy about, you know, some real great bargain that we got than we do about seeing people set free from addiction and falling in love with Jesus? Do we find that our decision-making is based more on financial considerations than on concern about where the Holy Spirit wants to lead and direct my life and His unfolding plan for me? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Is there any place in my heart today, God, where I put something as a priority over pursuing you and seeking you and seeking your will for my life? Let's pray together. Father, we pray this morning that you would reveal to us, highlight areas maybe where we've allowed other things. Maybe it's money this morning, maybe it's something else that you're identifying in our hearts this morning and in our minds, God, that are dictating to us, that are controlling our decision-making, that are directing our pursuits and our passions and our energies and our endeavours. that are coming before the voice of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I pray for each one of us that you would help us to be honest and open with ourselves and with you. We would listen to your voice, that we would seek your leading. And Lord, if there are things that, that we have put before you, in our hearts Lord we repent of that we say God come and, and realign our values realign our thinking to prioritise the eternal to prioritise people that you love and care about and died for over all other things Father we love you we want to serve you you are our God. 
You are our master. Father, we pray, make your priorities our priorities. Help us to do that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's message. For more information or to listen to other podcasts, head to our website at bethelcrc.org.au or check out Bethel Family Church on Facebook.